Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health, and today we're joined by Sandy Lee Connolly, Group Head of Talent and Diversity at Keller. Alongside bundles of energy and a heap of experience, Sandy Lee is going to talk through how we can really drive and move the needle when it comes to men's mental health, how we can reach those demographics, and also how we can take care of ourselves in a more effective way as leaders of well-being, of talent, and of diversity across our organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Sandy Lee. Sandy Lee, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good for a Friday. Good, good, good. It's really good to have you on. Really interested thank to hear you. your thoughts about well-being in the construction industry, how to support a male-dominated environment. But can you just start a little bit around your backstory, how you got into this space and the role that you have at Keller? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently Group Head of Talent and Diversity at Keller. Essentially, my role is to work with the leadership team to identify future leaders of the business and make sure we have the right people in place to deliver on our business strategy. And then on the diversity side, my role is to ensure we're making progress against our inclusion commitments and and making sure we have the right tools and the know-how across the business to do this. I think in terms of, of well-being, that's something separate. It's something I've always been passionate about. I'm a trustee of a, a mental health charity. And a couple of years ago, the leadership team asked me to work with them to develop a well-being strategy and framework for the business, which you know I was really excited about. So it was something I did over and above the day job. It's something I'd like to do a lot more of. And yeah, this is, this is where we are. Amazing, amazing. And I know in the the industry that you're in, the construction industry, there's some pretty scary statistics, particularly around suicide and suicidal ideation and mental health specifically, and in quite a male-dominated industry as well. What are you doing at the moment? What can organizations in this space do to be able to start that conversation and support that demographic and community? Yeah. So I think it's it's worth just giving a bit of context for those who, who aren't familiar with the industry. So Keller is a a global multinational. We're known as the world's largest geotechnical engineering contractor, which means we fall within the construction industry, as you say, Harry. And 90% of our workforce are men, most of whom work on site. They do really, really important work and are proper grafters, but it's hard work. And the industry generally has a variety of pressures, working long hours, often away from home away from family and friends for long periods of time and sometimes working in really, you know, tough conditions, tough environmental conditions. And I think it's it's important to give that backdrop because yeah. as you say, you know, there are specific well-being challenges that that we know about. You know, generally there's issues around depression and loneliness, alcohol and substance abuse is something that that comes up quite a lot. But as you say, the biggest well-being issue in the industry is is actually suicide. I don't know if you know Mates in Mind, mm. one of the national charities focused on mental health for construction industries. And they recently stated some stats around, I think for the UK, men are three times more likely to die by suicide than women. But then in the construction industry, men are three times likely to die by suicide than the national average for men. So this is something that, you know, is gaining a lot more attention, but it it does need, yeah, a lot more resource to get it done right. 
yeah, I was aware of those statistics and loved the work that, that mates of mine do. And it, it's, it's pretty frightening to look at. What things can we do? What things are you doing at the moment in your role at Keller to be able to support that demographic? You mentioned workloads and working away from home and gambling issues, drug, alcohol, abuse, for example. There's a lot yeah. of, of risk factors there. What, yeah. what are the things that you can really do to, to move the needle there? Yeah. And, and again, you know, there's not a simple solution and this is such a complex space. And, you know, I don't think there is a silver bullet for tackling sure. this. Unfortunately, there is still quite a macho culture in the industry, which prevents people from getting the support they need. And that puts even more stress on their own mental health and well-being. I think finding simple and practical ways to remove the stigma is a good start. Mm -hmm. So talking about it and talking about it often, every week we have something called Toolbox Talks, which is an opportunity for the site team to come together, talk about the job that they're focused on, talk about safety matters, risks, et cetera. And I think weaving mental health generally, you know, mm -hmm. and well-being into these is really important. There's other opportunities like embedding it into inductions and site orientations, just anything, any opportunities that, you know, we currently have in place to kind of really get the conversation going. I think also I mentioned earlier, I've been doing a lot of site visits and, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people on site and I think just making it really visible. Mm. So stickers on hard hats, posters in toilets and welfare cabins. And then just making sure that, you know, staff have access to a confidential line when it's really needed. We give out little wallet cards when someone starts at Keller. So wallet cards, if they need anything, they can take it out of their wallet and phone someone. So there's a lot of that happening. But I think the best way is really embedding it into current processes or ways of doing things. So it just becomes part and parcel of who we are. I think there is something around storytelling, which is pretty powerful, especially when you can get a bloke from the same industry talking quite openly about, you know, his struggles and, and how he got support. That to me is massive and really normalizes the conversation. I think tackling the root causes is another one. You know, Harry, in this industry, in the well-being industry, often there's a lot of products and things out there. There's a lot of band-aid approaches to well-being. And I think it's just not accepting that this is just the nature of the job and this is how we've always done it. We need to do better and we have to find effective ways of supporting our people. And it can't be done in isolation. It, it really does require, you know, collaboration with peers, partnering with organizations who really have that expertise and that expertise related to the industry that you work in. And then finally, I think supervisors and line managers generally are absolutely crucial to well-being. We know this is one of the biggest factors in workplace well-being is the quality of the line managers you have in place. So there's something powerful about leaders who are really connected to their teams and can provide that safe space for colleagues to be open and honest and transparency and get that support that they need. I bet people are making so many notes that they've got RSI in their hand now. All of that's fascinating. And one thing I really want to touch upon is you have a role within talent and 
within bringing in new talent into the organization. And I find that recruitment is absolutely vital, getting the right people in the right roles, especially those line managers for the team's well-being. How do you go about recruiting the right line managers that have not only the IQ to do the job, but the EQ and the emotional intelligence to be able to spot the warning signs and be a great line manager within there? Are there any things that you could share with the audience today that you've looked to do or you're looking to do it at Keller? Yeah, I think this is a difficult one. And, I, you know, I'll put my hand up. I, I think often, particularly in the construction industry and also at Keller, we base our recruitment strategies, you know, it's a kind of aligned to skill sets, competencies, and it's, that's massively technically focused. If you think about the operational staff, there is a lot of work that we as a company need to do to evolve. We've done a lot over the last couple of years to really invest in our people leaders to bring them into the 21st century. What I've found is that when you come and work for Keller, you tend to stay for a very, very long time, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something we need to do going forward around leadership behaviors and making that a requirement in terms of recruitments. And that's something that the broader HR leadership team are working on. But in terms of current line managers, supervisors and whatever, we do recognize that this is a critical population that we really need to be investing in. You know, over the years, they've had a lot more responsibility, you know, around well-being, around DEI, around a whole bunch of things on top of the day job. So there is something about investing in this population because... Ultimately, those are the individuals that are really going to have the most impact. Amazing. I've got one more question for you. It's a really tough one because your role is so broad and you've got so many responsibilities, spinning plates, and that's just in the workplace, let alone being a parent as well. How do you go about taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself when you're supporting thousands of people across the globe? Yeah, I think it's something that you gain over time. I mean, I love what I do and it gives me a lot of energy. So that's a good thing. I have a partner who's an equal parent. We share that responsibility. I think for me, on a very practical level, I've got a lot of friends that are kind of further along this path with parenting. And I saw a lot of struggles that they kind of encountered mm. in their parenting journey. I kind of made a promise to myself that I was going to be really balanced. So even from the outset, when I had my first son, I made sure that I was energizing myself and doing things that I enjoyed because I, I had this knowledge and I could see from the other mums mm. that this was something that was really important. So for me, I, I do a lot of stuff for myself. I love sports. I love to be out in nature. I love people. I always, you know, go out and things like that. So for me, I think it's knowing that you've, you've only got so many hours in the day knowing what your capacity is, but making sure that you are being balanced and you've got that oxygen mask on you first before you're kind of investing in others. And that's not being selfish. I think that's just being a better human, being a better partner, being a better mum. Yeah, you've got to make time for yourself. One of the things that I absolutely love about you, Sandy Lee, is just how authentic you are about it all. So I think that's going to resonate with so many parents that are dealing with high pressure jobs and with a lot of responsibility as well. I always say this podcast is far too short, but that's what makes it special that it's so actionable as well. And I've taken loads of notes throughout here. So thank you for joining us today. No worries. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. 
For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.